Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Is there life without Justin Jefferson? I don't know. Maybe. Hey, this is Arif with the Wide Left Substack. Uh, I believe that we have too many car-centric cities. <laughs> I'm Luke Braun of the Locked On Vikings podcast. And look, Sam, there hasn't been life in years. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Hey, I want to parlay bet last week, guys. I guess good things happen when I actually, you know, show up. (laughs) (laughs) Plus a Ron Johnson appearance today on the latest Minnesota football party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. Hello and happy Thursday on the Minnesota Football Party, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom. You've met the Lukes. You've met Arif Hassan and will be joined soon by Ron Johnson of the Ron Johnson Show talking Minnesota Vikings football for the next 45 minutes or so. Thank you to the everydayers who tune in all the time to Locked On Sports Minnesota. Minnesota Basketball Party had episode two yesterday. Make sure to check that out if you're a Wolves fan. Wolves talk every Wednesday. Ron Johnson on Tuesdays. Roundtable on Fridays. All sorts of good local sports content here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. And thank you for helping us get to 6,000 subscribers. The march to 7,000 here on YouTube begins now. And find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. This show appearing on the Locked On Vikings audio feed. Today's show brought to you by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code all lowercase locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. plenty to get to in what's been a melancholy week in minnesota sports the twins are eliminated The Vikings lose Justin Jefferson. We'll talk about what things look like without JJ for the next four weeks and beyond. It's a battle for the NFC North seller between the Vikings and the Bears. Seller has double meaning. S-E-L-L-E-R, C-L-E-E-C-E. How do you spell seller? C-E-L-L-A-R. I I knew you weren't going to nail the second part of that spelling. I was looking forward to it. I, I didn't even mess there. up at the right. I, it's understandable if I messed up the A in seller, but I messed up on like the L and the E part. That was stupid. That was bad. That was You're off bad. to a banging start here. Yeah. Um, Ron Johnson also joins shortly to uh, to weigh in. Um, and Ron Johnson's Gophers team is a total mess. Like it's, it's bleak right now. Thankfully, the Wild debut tonight. Locked on Wild. Seth Topol. Check out his show. But, uh, But let's talk about Justin Jefferson. Since last we did a show, he has officially been placed on the injured reserve out for four plus weeks. You've got Adam Schefter hinting that it might turn into a longer holdout if if things don't go well with the team's record. Luke Inman, what do we do for the next four weeks, man? Holy smokes, man. You know, it, it... It hasn't been just Justin Jefferson, though. Obviously, we know the problems with this team. They've played good football. They're not a one-in-four football team. They've done a lot of good things well. After last week's game, Luke and I talked about all the things that they're better at this year than they were last year. So they've improved in a lot of areas. And obviously, 
yeah, it hurts losing your best football player, one of, if not the most, you know, electric offensive player in the entire league right now. That's going to hurt, but there's still weapons around him right now. All the tank talk that's heated up, we'll probably get into that a little bit more, but um, you know the coaches, the players, they're still going to give it full steam, full go-ahead, 100%. No real coaches or players are ever going to tank in this league. It just doesn't happen. So um, they still got the weapons. The offensive line's played a lot better, which I'd like to touch on a little bit as well. But TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, obviously you drafted Jordan Addison for a reason. He showed flashes last week, specifically when JJ went out. So um, they got some weapons still. The defense is always a work in progress, but they've shown flashes of getting better each week. They're still competitive. And Sam, they haven't played a division game yet either. So um, six division games coming up. First one this week at Soldier Field. It hurts. Now's the time when you adjust. You get some other things rolling here and we'll see how this team responds here right now. And in the face of a lot of adversity, adversity that KOC really hasn't faced so far in his tenure here in Minnesota. And what's a better tonic for the Vikings than going to Soldier Field, a place where they always play great? And yeah, above I'm expectations. Only, I'm only slightly tongue-in-cheek here because I think the Soldier Field thing is is overblown. I mean, they've they won there last year. They it's won been there. It was Week 17, though, yeah. wasn't it? Week 18. Yeah, they won a meaningless game there meaningless last game. year. But haven't they, they won? They they won on Monday Night Football in 2021 as well. Yeah, there's actually been a couple meaningless week 18, week 17 games the last five, six years. So you got to be careful. You got to take those out of the, you know, when you're looking at the box score and things like that. They've won three years in a row at Soldier. I mean, they got a winning streak going. But, um, I mean, tactically, Luke Braun, no Justin Jefferson. What does that mean for the Minnesota Vikings? It means that they have to run things through the other pass catchers. TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison probably will need more out of KJ Osborne will need Brandon Powell to step up in certain moments. Um, and the the question is against a fairly maligned secondary over there in Chicago, will those guys be able to step up and be someone the offense throws through or, or flows through rather than just complementary pieces? I wish Jalen Naylor wasn't on the IR because I feel like this would have been the moment. Nice. Like this. Yeah. This is when Jalen Naylor could have actually shown the stuff we saw all now summer. Now it's Nikhil Harry's time. Tristan, baby. Yeah. How many yeah. elevations? Tristan Jackson. This I is, think they've, this, he's your guy. I think they've made the, the roster now official with Nikhil, right? He's on yeah, the with, roster. with both of them. Because they used up all their elevations. I was hoping for Thayer Thomas, personally. Um, but Nikhil Harry, what a story. Who thought he would actually be on this roster at any point this year? Who knows if he has a role? Like, he's not a special teams guy. So, clearly, they must think he has something as a wide receiver. Um, Arif Hassan, is there life without Justin Jefferson? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like, I think that if, if, the, if the discussion is kind of how the Vikings will approach it, will they have the opportunity to win some games? Yeah, I think so. But the problem is the Vikings are in a one-and-four hole. They've got basically three maybe four games that they have the ability to lose and still be in a playoff discussion they play the lions twice and the 49ers once and so that's probably those three games right and so they don't have 500 from here on out yeah they don't have wiggle room right they just cannot lose the games that they were supposed to win and those are the games they were supposed to win when they had justin jefferson right and so now you've got games against kind of mediocre-ish opponents like 
the Falcons and the Packers, right, who are middle of the pack, below middle of the pack. And those are games that the Vikings should probably win with Justin Jefferson. And now it's it's a really difficult kind of situation to navigate. And I think that Luke is probably right, you know, that they might just be a 500 team from here on out as opposed to a team that has got the ability to win the games they're supposed to win, right? And so um, from that perspective, it's probably over. But I don't think that anybody is going to treat it that way. Um, if you take a look at, I remember uh, from Kevin Seifert's piece, uh, that the Vikings have about a 20% chance given the level of performance they've shown so far of making the playoffs. That obviously includes Justin Jefferson, right? So it's not as if, you know, that is, you know, the one in five odds or, or where we would place them right now. But given how well that they've played, right? They're seventh in net EPA when you get rid of turnovers, which you can't like do in a, in a normal sense. But in terms of like predicting how the Vikings will do, they're probably the 10th to 12th best team in terms of per play performance when you take into account all of the factors like turnovers, like fumble luck, like third downs, et cetera, right? And so the the odds of a one in four team that is like the 10th best team in the league of making the playoffs, about one in five, right? But that's not where the Vikings are right now without Jefferson because they run through Jefferson. Like Luke said, you know, how you kind of adapt that offense is going to matter a lot, but the Vikings are not a running team. As much as KOC talked about it, you know, heading into the offseason about how much they wanted to focus on running the ball, be more efficient running the ball. They signed, you know, Josh Oliver in order to in order to be better at that. Um, that's just not who they are. They like throwing the ball. Now, obviously, they've been in a lot of close games and that might necessitate throwing the ball a bit more. So the numbers might be skewed, but they like throwing the ball. Uh, and so how that looks when you don't have um you know, the ability to relieve pressure because of Jefferson, how that looks when you put more on Jordan Addison. I know that Alec Lewis reported that most likely the guy taking Jefferson snaps are KJ Osborne. But I think in terms of where the targets go, yeah, I mean, obviously Osborne's going to see an increase in targets, but I think we're going to see a lot more to Hawkinson, a fair amount more to Addison because if they want big plays, because that's what Jefferson provided, big plays, they're going to have to send Hawkinson a bit further downfield. He's got that capability. That's who he is. Mm -hmm. That's just not how the Vikings have used him with Jefferson on the field. And Addison, who's just kind of a big play guy for the Vikings right now. So that's like, I don't know if they're going to throw the ball as much as they did before. Probably not. But if they are. They're going to need big plays from those two. Bron, you and I have drawn this comparison before, maybe on the postcast. This is 2020 all over again. 0-3 start. You beat a doormat to get your first win, narrow loss against a powerhouse. And then if, if you recall in 2020, they went and faced another doormat in the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> and got blown apart. out. And that's what the Bears <laughs> represent on Sunday. Here so we go. Whether, it's, whether it, it's one and five or two and four, that 2020 team also had a soft middle part of the schedule and also clawed back into things at six and six. And by doing so, they extended the life of Kirk Cousins potentially in Minnesota. They missed out on a chance at a Justin Fields or maybe a Trey Lance, what have you. Mm. So is it worth like That's too bad to the fan? <laughs> right. Might have dodged a bullet there. You got Christian yeah. Harris on instead. Is it worth <laughs> it though, Braun, to this fan base to have a potentially exciting December chance at a wild card? in exchange for what you could be missing out on in the draft? Because a lot of people in the comments, want they want this tank. 
They're excited about this tank. Oh, yeah. Everybody hates the Vikings, especially well, Vikings fans. Especially Nobody's Vikings rooting for them fans. to win anymore. Well, okay. Here's, and you've here's accused them of being quitters, Bron. Like, you've been. And double down on that. They are quitters and losers and yeah. because they want to lose. Definitionally, losers. I feel like losers don't usually want to lose. I feel like wanting to lose and succeeding at that is a little bit different. Excited, but I don't know excited that losers. That, Enthusiastic but. losers. Yeah, embracing the loss. So my question for tankers, maybe that's what I want to call them. Tankies is already a word that has taken its own life in the internet vocabulary, <laughs> so I'm not going to use that one. But tankers, who do they want to tank for? Because if you did maybe a poll or a survey and you excluded Caleb Williams, right? Let's assume... Caleb Williams is the number one. Who do you want to tank for, right? Um, because I don't think the Vikings, even if they tank, and again, they're not going to tank. There's a guy currently on the Vikings coaching staff who is suing the Miami Dolphins for tanking. They're not going to tank, right? That's just not happening. But should they lose games? Uh, who would it be for? Because they're not going to get the worst record in the NFL. They just aren't. Um, I think you would end up with a bevy of quarterback names. A lot of them. You would end yeah. up with uh, Michael Penix, uh, you'd, which I don't know. Bo Nick, Shadur Stan, Sanders, J.J. So, McCarthy, Drake May, J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. Right? There's five or six quarterbacks that you could end up with as, as, as your survey results, right? That, to me, suggests that tanking is not required to get a quarterback. Fair. <laughs> yeah. And, mm -hmm. and maybe, yep. and maybe you know, this happens a lot where there's a really exciting quarterback class in, like, October, November. And then by, by January, uh, you know, February, it's not so exciting. And, hey, sometimes it's exciting in April, and then Malik Willis goes in the third round, right? Yeah. Uh, well, or sometimes it's like 2021, right? And in where there's one guy that's, yeah. like, very obvious, and then the rest of them are various levels of catastrophe for the team that drafted them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, right now, I mean, not that Sam Howell is playing well at all, but he looks like he was a better pick than Kenny Pickett, right? <laughs> right? Like, oh, like, that's insane. Yeah, right? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's the same draft, cl draft class as Desmond Ritter and Desmond Malik Ritter. Willis. And, yep. uh, yeah. He missed out on his guy. Fun, fun. <laughs> the Vikings are prepared to trade up for Sam Howell. Um, but yeah, uh, it's such a good man, point, though. You're right, Arif. Outside of the one obvious Caleb Williams, it's like, well, it's and and maybe again, you can put Drake May in that top tier for sure. Yeah, but maybe maybe outside he's of definitely that, though, too, the, the, yeah. that's picks one, two, and then Marvin Harrison maybe three. So Drake May, Caleb, you got to be in the top three picks. Outside of that, yeah, it's kind of a crapshoot, man. You just never yeah, know. And, and I think it's just like the excitement of all these court this quarterback right. class coming out. And, and this is take. like from what we understand. At the moment, which I tend to follow, like stock reports for the draft. That's kind of mm -hmm. one of my jobs, right? Um, said this is like a really astounding class. Like, yeah. depending on who declares, obviously. But like, you've got you know a couple of tackles, like the one from Penn State. You've got the one from Notre Dame. Both mm -hmm. of them are really fantastic. You've got a great set of receivers. Obviously, Marvin Harrison is there. There's a couple of others, Keon Coleman, right? Um, then you've got one of the greatest tight ends uh, that we've seen in draft history come up. You know, that might that might play a role. Right. And so this could end up being a really stunning class that also happens to include maybe five first round quality quarterbacks. I've seen Shooter Sanders go in the second round a lot. That that's exciting to me. I don't know. Yeah. So um, this what's feels impressive like too. And so, sorry to interrupt, Arif. But just what's impressive is that all the names that we were excited about, they're all performing. Like they all showed up yeah, this college football crazy. season and they're yeah, like no Spencer all Rattlers. The top, they're all yeah. in the top 20. 
top mm-hmm. 25 PFF. Yeah, we, like, yeah, that's actually a good, really good point. Is that like a lot of times the preseason hype quarterbacks, half of them drop off. That didn't mm-hmm. happen seemingly. It, all of them are playing really well. And then also a couple of others have thrown their name in the ring and some of the potentials that were like, Hey, this guy could work his way up into first round conversation. Like Bo Nix did do that. Right. Riley Leonard Duke. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So like we've got people appearing as potential first rounders, as well as the guys that are living up to their height. There's no like Matt Barkley's right. Mm-hmm. Like these are people who are like, yeah, they're first rounders and they're playing like first rounders. It's fantastic. Brian Brome, Louisville. Okay. Well, you guys don't remember that one. All right. <laughs> Great offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> right. Touche. Touche. I, yeah. I've got two Kirk Cousins related numbers that demonstrate why the Vikings will not tank if he is their quarterback. But first, I want to get a word from Luke Braun about prize picks. Yeah, this episode of the Minnesota Football Party is brought to you by Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy it's not daily fantasy the way that you are traditionally familiar with it you're not putting together a lineup and joining a pool with 600,000 sharps that you're never going to win anything on prize picks is just you versus the house they set an amount and it's just a more than less than game and you just have to pick like two to six of your favorite players so if i have a couple of takes about how uh, a couple of quarterbacks are going to to do I can just go with that instead of having to put together an entire lineup and then having to compete with a jillion other people. That is what makes prize picks so fun. I've been doing prize picks on Lockdown Vikings every Friday. So Friday episode, there's going to be prize picks again. And if you want to join in, you can use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Just go to prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNFL or use code Locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you, Luke Braun. Very well done. Let me jump right into this. Analytics fans rejoice. It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. Two sets of Kirk Cousins numbers. This is why it's going to be hard for the Vikings to tank, quote unquote, under Kirk Cousins' watch. Number one, Kirk Cousins has a reputation for choking sometimes against bad teams, right? Like we think of Buffalo 2018, we think of Atlanta 2020, but on the whole, Kirk Cousins is very good. Vikings having that reputation, honestly. Yeah, maybe it's not independent of Kirk Cousins. But he's very good at beating teams he's supposed to beat. In fact, in his Minnesota Vikings career, against teams that would not make the playoffs, Kirk Cousins is 37-9-1. For reference, Aaron Rodgers, over that same span, 36-15-1. Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers. Got him. Got him. (laughs) Boom roasted. Boom. Um, the Vikings have a lot of non-playoff teams coming up, guys. Bears twice. I mean, we think, right? Broncos. Raiders aren't making the playoffs. Probably not. Falcons and Saints are mysteries to me, but their quarterback play is obviously not, like, great. Um, there are wins to be had there. And secondly, Kirk Cousins has a history of performing well when his top receivers are out. Combined. When missing Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen, 
Kirk Cousins went nine and two. Didn't he then have Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs though? Like, well, yeah, but are you doubting <laughs> well, Jordan Addison? Are you doubting Jordan Addison? A little bit. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Just, you know, I, slightly different. I'm I'm bullish. I'm bullish on Jordan Addison, to be honest with you. I, I think Hawkinson. I think that all of the signs point to him being a very good receiver and a very good pick. He is also a rookie. Yep. <laughs> so um, you know, there's there's that. With with certain obvious limitations as well, too. Like if you're a defense, you know how to game plan against that now that he's the focal point too. Yeah. His his release is looking a lot better though. That's nice to see. It is. It's getting a lot better. Still dies to catch technique. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's sell those flags, baby. Be what's, a snitch. Uh, what's 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 catching when you're a receiver? That seems like an unimportant part of the process, right? What is? I'm talking about the the like cornerbacks playing catch on him. <laughs> Physical coverage downfield. Okay, just no, uh, just under, illegal under, contact. Just underthrow the the deep balls. You're fine. Right. If if we could do this to Amani Oruarie in Detroit and win a game on it, if Thielen could do it to him, it's sustainable. We can do it. Yeah. Uh, my nerdy stat of the day is an exploration in what it means to record a statistic. So, <laughs> per, oh per PFF, Kirk Cousins' pressure rate is 31.4%. We actually discussed this, I believe, last week. 31.4%. It is about 25th in the league. It's a fairly low pressure rate. Per Sport Radar, Kirk Cousins' pressure rate is 27.4%. Yet, in Sport Radar's definition, Kirk Cousins is the sixth most pressured quarterback in the NFL. That is fascinating. Um, so I tried to figure out kind of why this might be. So one is the definition of pressure changes between Sport Radar and PFF. PFF requires that the quarterback be uh, affected in some way, right? Like visibly affected in some way. Maybe they change their throwing platform. Maybe they have to move up in the pocket. Who knows, right? Sport radar typically, from my understanding, uses the chip data and the chip data very often. They, if you look up next gen stats' definition of a pressure, it's the same thing. The quarterback is affected. But I think it's actually when a defender has an unimpeded, uh, path to the quarterback and is within two yards or is very close within one yard of the quarterback if it is an impeded path so um that's my guess on their definition but it's higher um it, the, the the threshold is higher because there's a lower pressure rate but in that context Kirk cousins actually has much higher pressure rate what's interesting is that both of those definitions allow us to predict how poorly or how well a quarterback is going to do because both definitions include a subset of data where the quarterback is significantly worse than when that data is removed from the whole data set uh, in a clean pocket, basically. What I also found interesting is that according to PFF, Kirk Cousins has the 20th ranked time to throw out of like 34, right? So um, he actually uh, throws the ball relatively quickly. That's interesting because his hit per pressure rate is number one in the NFL. 45% of his PFF pressures result in a quarterback hit. Higher if you use sport radar pressures. That's mm -hmm. number one in the NFL. Mm. Like, why, why does this happen? What happens here? Well, Kirk Cousins may have a fast average time to throw, but he also ranks sixth in the NFL in percentage of throws over two and a half seconds, which tells me 
that Kirk Cousins lives in the two and a half to three second range, which very conveniently next gen stats tweeted out a in rhythm uh, statistic, mm-hmm. which I do not believe suggests throwing in rhythm. It is just the number of throws between two and a half and three seconds where Kirk Cousins leads the league in touchdowns between two and a half and three seconds. Mm-hmm. So that is who Cousins is. He lives in the two and a half, three second range where it is a gray area, whether or not something is or is not a pressure. And he holds on to the ball long enough to draw a hit because we know, we know that by every, every metric that we've got SIS, PFF, ESPN, this pass blocking unit is really high level. So why is Kirk Cousins taking so many hits? It's because he wants to. Hmm. Hmm. Very so repeat all that now. <laughs> yeah. Let me go. Let me Can go to my transcript. The part about the thing. All right. Here's mine after a read. I like turtles. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Let, let's impressive. hear the stat, and then we got Ron Johnson that was after impressive. that. Yeah. You want my stat? Let, you know, let's hear it, and then we'll get to Ron. Yeah. Bears run defense. How do you follow a reef, by the way? It's just unbelievable. Bears run defense. It was supposed to be bad. They drafted those two rookie defensive tackles, Zach Pickens, South Carolina, Florida's Gervin Dexter. Everybody assumed the whole thing would take a while. Actually, half the people didn't even like those picks, to be honest. But through five games so far, the Bears run defense has allowed only 46 yards before contact this season. That's second best in the NFL. League average, just for example, is 172 yards. They've allowed 46, so that's pretty wild. So they're playing a lot better up front. Gervin Dexter, again, that rookie from Florida, second-round pick, he's really been getting better every week. And kind of that big nose-tackle, run-stuffing monster that you want in the middle for them. So I know the Vikings want to get the run game going, finally, with Madison and Akers, but I don't know. Unfortunately, this week might not be any easier on the road against this kind of emerging run defense Chicago's got going. With this, this comes from Arjun Manan who put out a chart of teams against two high shells running against uh, two high safeties. And the Vikings saw the sixth most two high safety shells when they uh, ran the ball. They see a lot of too high, right? People are afraid of Jefferson. We might not see that again, so we'll see how this changes. However, they have the best success rate in the league running against too high. So if they can mm. take the top off of it a little bit, uh, they should be able to run the ball, even against a a run defense that's done a little bit better. Um, And that might be kind of what the offense is looking for now is, okay, is it, is it, you know, one high safety, maybe we can throw on that and do flood concepts and do the things that McVay offenses have been able to beat cover three with for, for forever. And if you're going to put two safeties on the roof, then we'll run the rock. I love when nerdy stats of the day clash like the Luke's just did. A meeting of the numbers, a meeting of the it's analytics. Actually, Vikings Bears strength on strength. That's what that is. Ron Johnson joins us now. He's at three. Ron Johnson on X, host of the Ron Johnson Show. He had Tom Pelissero on to talk about the Justin Jefferson breaking news on Tuesday. Go back and check out that episode. Ron, how much trash talking have you done over text with Spice Adams this week for Bears? <laughs> honestly, you know what, man? Like, this Justin Jefferson news was so crazy, and this week, I honestly have not. I mean, we've just been texting normal stuff. Uh, we haven't... <laughs> I didn't even realize it was Bears week with, like, those connections of, like, Terrell Smith, uh, Spice Adams, Courtney Cronin, until, like, the Vikings, we did something on Tuesday, and then we got a message, like, oh, hey, by the way, Courtney Cronin... Uh, might be joining one of the shows and I'm like for what and I was like oh Why? wait a minute it's it's 
it's bears week. So I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's, I, I have this weird eerie feeling. Like I know the season's not over. Um, I was really into baseball the last three or four days. Um, and so like, you know, I'm a big softball guy. And so like watching the, 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 the final couple pitches last night, even and, and catching up, like I haven't really dived into like dove completely into football again, since I've been on baseball the last two days, but I will say this, like looking at the stats, um, I, I'm probably gonna talk a little bit to Spice, but I don't want to because if the Vikings happen to lose, I'm gonna, I'm gonna more so probably like after the game talk, like after the Vikings yeah. secure a win, <laughs> um, then I'm gonna say something, but not the first quarter, not the second quarter, not the third quarter, because we've been there, not even the fourth quarter. When it's zeros on the clock and the Vikings have the leading score, then I'll maybe send Spice a text message and uh, do my reactions because Spice does reactions to every game. Uh, so maybe we'll do a collab reactions video of uh, he and I watching the Vikings game and, and Bears game together. So I don't know what to figure that one out. Yeah. Ron, let me put you on the spot about the Bears future with Justin Fields because the way mm -hmm. it stacks up now, they could have the top two picks. Yeah. Is that accurate? They'd have the top two picks, I think. Um, so is Justin Fields auditioning for his job these final 12 games or the Bears – the Bears are in a perfect position to replace him with one of these prodigies coming out of the draft. Yeah, I think every quarterback is always auditioning. I mean, unless your name is Brady or Manning, uh, Breeze, uh, Herbert, you know, Justin Field or not just Field, sorry, Jalen Hurts, and you've got a lot, Patrick Mahomes, if you haven't locked down your position, uh, and I'm talking to Anthony Richardson, I'm talking to even C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, like the jury's not out, you know, like nobody really knows. Uh, I, I'd say even Kirk Cousins, is auditioning to try to stay on and be a long-term quarterback for the Vikings, even though they know what they can get out of them. Uh, they want to see that flash. But, yeah, I think Justin Fields is. Uh, when you talk about this offense looking better in one game, I think for the Bears, it's like, is that sustainable? Can he be that accurate? This is what I'll say about the uh, Washington Commanders. When you watch back some of those DJ Moore plays, those defensive backs just made horrible decisions in that moment. Like, I really think they thought, like, just – and this is the thing, too. If Justin Fields actually throws an accurate pass on both of those, they're interceptions. So those just happen to be high. He didn't throw a high pass on purpose. He keenumed it. High... Huh? He keenumed it. He keenumed it. Chase keenumed it. Uh, yeah. Chase Keenum. Famously, Chase Keenum did not like his throw on the Minneapolis Miracle. <laughs> like if you watch those throws, they are extremely higher than normal on a simple out route. But if he hadn't have thrown that, those are probably interceptions or PBUs at, at, at least. And so because they were high, DJ Moore was able to jump, make the catch over the DB. The DB couldn't really play the ball the way he thought he would. Um, I don't think that throw was on purpose. Like Justin Fields can't say like, oh, I saw the DB undercutting him, so I knew there's only one spot I could put the ball. No, he just got lucky twice. They look really good. Uh, the commanders just ran into uh, the ability to have to try to come back. And they actually almost did. Um, so, no, I don't know if that's sustainable. Like, that's that's the key, too. And going against these cornerbacks, if healthy, when you think about a Caleb Evans, uh, the length and the size, when you think about uh, the way the safeties roam the flats for the Vikings versus the way the Bears played it, um, I, I just think week in and week out, yes, he's playing for his job. 
Hey, Ron, tons kind of been brought up now lately after this JJ injury about the artificial turf a few teams are still using in the league. In fact, I think the Vikings are one of three teams that are still using that specific type of artificial turf. Uh, you play in the NFL, obviously, the Big Ten. So I'm just curious about your thoughts and take on, you know, the different surfaces you've played on throughout your career and, um, you know, how much it affects, I guess, players' footings, the injuries and all that stuff. Like how impactful is that turf? on the games itself. Like we saw cleat gate last year when the Vikings played in Lambeau, they didn't have the right mm -hmm. cleats. Apparently this week they play in soldiers. So, um, you know, is it as bad as they make it sound? I guess. I, I think it's up to what your body is used to. And that's the key about this, man. Like I remember playing for the Gophers and we played in the Metrodome and it was, it was concrete. Ugh. Like when they would have a monster truck rally at the Metrodome and then they would try to put turf over the top of it for our game. One, it moved a little bit Two, It was extremely hard. Um, we would we would feel the actual metal plates every once in a while and we'd have to let them know like, hey, there's a metal plate that's not co completely covered in dirt like you guys need to get this fixed on the sideline. Um, and, and so it's, it's just one of those things where you get used to it. Fast forward to the NFL. I get to the Ravens and we're a grass field. So when we went to play the Indianapolis Colts on their hard turf. We actually got three days off because Brian Billick is like, I know that hurt your knees. I know that hurt your bodies. You guys are used to practicing on grass, playing on grass. Uh, we're playing in Indy. So after we play Indy, you guys are going to get, I think we got like four, three to four days off. Like our mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was off. And then Thursday was like a, a unpadded practice. And then Friday was like shoulder pads only just to get back up to speed and go. Saturday was back to walk through. And then Sunday we played because they were trying to give us our bodies and mainly, you know, the guys that are in their thirties, now looking at my age, I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine you know, trying to run on that hard surface, whereas a 21, 22-year-old, I was fine and had played on that my whole college career. But I think there's something that any surface is different than what you're used to. And the fact that the Vikings are one of three and they were planning on replacing it this offseason anyway uh, says everything we need to know about that surface. Like, right. it, it, if it doesn't give if – if there's no give to it, that's when you see uh, – that's why basketball, of course, you see so many Achilles injuries in basketball because there's no give on that hardwood. And so if a player pushes off too hard or his foot gets stuck, you know, longer than it should. Um, and I think the same thing happens with turf, like Justin Jefferson just had an awkward kind of step and he tried to push off. There was no give and his hamstring just kind of tweaked up. The good thing was we actually saw him walk off and he didn't like fall to the ground. Uh, so hopefully that is a true four weeks, but I think they're just being cautious when you're one and four, there's no reason to not be cautious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Uh, to that end, like, how do you expect the offense to adjust? Do you think that the receivers are going to be running routes to different depths in order to cover for the fact that we don't have that explosive playmaker anymore? Do you think it's going to be the same offense? You're just going to try and plug and play? How exactly do you expect the Vikings to kind of adapt to not having Jefferson for like the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm a, in the words of Jonathan Gannon. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> You're explosive. Explosive. <laughs> like Jordan Addison is still an explosive monster. Like we know we've seen him. Uh, I think what we're going to get is a little bit more TJ Hawkinson usage. Uh, hopefully TJ Hawkinson can make those catches. Hopefully he has a sense of urgency knowing he's that guy this week. Um, but all those targets of Justin Jefferson, the over routes, the quick turn routes, those are going to be TJ Hawkinson routes. All the slot routes, I personally feel like it's going to go to Addison over K.J. Osborne, that's just my personal opinion. I feel like they have a little bit more trust right now in Addison compared to uh, K.J. Osborne. When you look at some of the play calls, some of the deep routes, uh, some of the trickery and the things they're doing, it seems like Jordan Addison's their guy 
over a guy like KJ Osborne and not, not for any reason besides it's their first round pick. Um, but I, I think Jordan Addison, I think they're still going to try to attack vertically. I think they're still going to try to command the middle of the field with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, the biggest thing is going to be making those catches. I still want to see Cam Akers in the slot. We haven't seen him motion out yet. I don't know if they're going to go to a two back set with Hawkinson and, or sorry, with uh, Akers and, uh, and Madison. And then you motion Akers out, see who covers him. Uh, you can have Madison be the fullback. You can have Akers and they can run old school Madden, two backs on each side of the quarterback. Um, you know, as whereas they used to motion Justin Jefferson to the backfield, maybe Cam Akers becomes that guy that runs the Texas route, the choice routes out the backfield. But I think they're still going to try to stretch the field. Like you can't go into this Bears game thinking you can't test. I mean, you look at these young DBs and he's doing really good. Terrell Smith is up for like NFL rookie of the week or whatever. Um, but I think you still need to test these young guys. You still need to go at them. Uh, you still need to push the thing that the things, the guys, the days of Akeem Hicks aren't there, but the Bears still get after the quarterback. You know, they still try to rush, but for Kirk Cousins, and I heard you guys bring it up, uh, sometimes he's holding on to the ball too long. I think it is true. Um, he's going to have to figure that out quick. Like, who is his outlet right away? Uh, take what the defense gives you. A lot of people, I can't remember if it was Sam Bradford or, or, or Case Keenum or who it was, but I remember back in the day they were saying, like, oh, check down Charlie. All he's doing is checking the ball down. That's why his, his pass percentage is so – or his completion percentage is so high. It works, though. Like, check it down, live to the next day. You know, go go get four or five yards, go for – and, and that's what get, makes us so mad about Patrick Mahomes when he dumps it off to Travis Kelsey or Jalen Hurts when he jump, dumps it off to a running back, you know, or he dumps it off to Pacheco or he dumps it off to – like, we're sitting there like, oh, who, why isn't nobody covering this guy? That's what the Vikings have to get to. I feel like there's not a lot of that where there's a wide-open guy just waiting for a check down to get you four or five yards. Uh, Ron, I want to ask you about – College quarterbacks, since yeah. the, the Gophers have seen a couple of the, of the big ones now, J.J. McCarthy and Drake May. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you have a college quarterback crush, somebody you're you're hoping <laughs> the Vikings end up picking? Well, watching J.J. McCarthy up close and personal, um, he is built like an NFL quarter. Like, he has that size, 6'3", 6'4", uh, you know, pretty solid-looking kid, can run, is mobile. Uh, he has happy feet in the pocket, so he he's mm-hmm. not scared to run. Uh, he kind of bounces around a little bit, kind of reminds me uh, of an early Sam Bradford, I guess you want to call it, the way his feet kind of bounce and move back and forth and he's surveying the field. Now, two things. One, were the, was the Gophers defense just out of sorts and, the, and Michigan just got their way? Or has he been doing this all season? He's been doing it all season. Um, and then when you watch Drake May, it's the opposite. You expect it to see explosive, crazy plays, and you don't see it on like at, at a glance. But when you go back and watch the tape of Drake May, it looks good. So I do really like those two. Um, I, I, I was on Bo Nix for a while, but then people are like telling me he's too old. And so I'm, I'm kind of off on the age, maybe at least. But I, I, I do like McCarthy and Drake May. The one thing about Drake May as well, too, he can run better than people give him credit for. And he's not afraid to run. 100%. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing. And I say Kirk Cousins can't run, but he doesn't. And so it always it always makes me wonder why he doesn't get out the pocket. Now, the NFL pocket is a lot tighter, a lot quicker to, like, suffocate you than the college pocket sometimes. Like, Zach Wilson looked great in college, but it hasn't transferred over to the NFL. So that's the only thing that worries me about those two. Of the two, I personally like Drake May's – or not, sorry, uh, J.J. McCarthy's mind for the simple fact of he's got hardball teaching him, helping him understand NFL concepts. And um, I think that usually could help 
you know, a quarterback down the road is have, having a coach that can kind of help you out and tell you. And his brother, I've heard his brother with the Baltimore Ravens every once in a while, you know, chats with 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 the college kids and he'll give them some NFL tips. So I, I don't know how much that's going to help, but I think J.J. McCarthy, like, again, if you're going to draft Kellen Mond in the third round, if J.J. McCarthy's there in the third round, you take him. Per usual, great stuff, Ron Johnson. Up against the clock a little bit today, but we're going to hear from you on the roundtable tomorrow. We'll put the twin season to bed. We'll talk more Vikings-Bears. Gophers have a bye week, so we'll take stock of where they're at at the bye and uh, get into lots of other good stuff with Reggie Wilson, Julia Daniels, myself, and yourself, Ron Johnson. Also find him on the Ron Johnson Show on Tuesdays. Uh, Thanks a lot, Ron. Have an awesome Thursday. Appreciate it. You guys have a good one. Good stuff as usual at three Ron Johnson on X. We got parlays guys, but first a word from Jace medical. Jace medical gives you peace of mind. It gives you security because everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones. When the unexpected happens, Jace medical offers you the Jace case. They provide five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, give you peace of mind so you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Quick example from this week, son had pink eye, needed antibiotic ointment. Well, it was a hassle to get that because you got to call and get an appointment. Then the appointment happens, and then the pharmacy doesn't get the prescription right, and you got to call back. And it was was a big uh, to-do to get that antibiotic ointment. It's nice to have it on hand. Nice to have that stuff just at the ready when you need it. Chase Medical helps with that. They handle the evaluation. They handle the delivery and the ongoing consultation and care. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. $20 off with my code LOCKEDON. Parlays, boys. Luke Inman was a winner last weekend, which means we are all one and four going into week six. Bankroll leader, Arif Hassan, 1180. In second place, Braun, $1,035. Luke Inman, $1,014. I'm at $892. So in in essence, we're all about even. We're all very close to even having won just a single parlay in the first five weeks. So the hit rate doesn't need to be great. You just got to hit once in a while. Maximum $600 this week. Minimum $60. Luke Inman, you start. Kick us off with leg one of your parlay. Yeah, and I can go uh, I can go prop, right? I can go. I don't go need prop. to go spread right away. Correct. You just you need to spread at some point, yeah. but not necessarily. Yeah, well, first. all this talk. Yep, got it. All this talk about the Vikings, passing game, leaning on TJ Hawkinson. His over-under catch is six and a half. So they think, all right, about six catches. Um, I think they're going to try to hit him downfield a little bit more. 60-plus yards for TJ Hawkinson right now is plus 112. So that's going to be my first leg of my parlay. TJ Hawkinson, 60 or more yards at plus 112. All right, Arif. Uh, I was also going to lead with the player prop because I don't like the anytime touchdown scores available to us this week. So I think that that is a little bit hard to, to, to wrap up. Um, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown score. It just feels like, you know, always, hey, a, classic. Push, push. Yeah, always a classic. Always a classic. As well. Absolutely. Push, push. Ron. It's going to be tough. New York Jets defense is good. 
Uh, I will go with also a player prop. I'm going to take DJ Moore over four and a half receptions. The Vikings defense uh, encourages completions and lots of them. You get real good completion percentage against the Vikings defense. It's sort of designed to allow that, but it's always a completion for two, but the reception prop doesn't care about that. And you know, the bears after that game are going to manufacture 40 million targets for DJ Moore. So I feel like four and a half Love is that. way too that's low. Good. Yeah, uh, and that's like at that. plus plus one twenty. All right. Um, as part of the, the wraparound, I'm going to get both my picks in here and I'm going to keep riding the prop that I'm I've been on each of the last two weeks and would have been 5-0 and this year to this point. San Francisco 49ers to score first and win at minus 118. And I will couple that. Let me let me do the rouser. M-I-N-S-H-E-W. All right. Minchu. Minchu. <laughs> Minchu. Against his former team, man, I'm going the anti Inman. I'm going against Jacksonville. Colts plus four and a half. Revenge game. Wow, that was my pick, Sam. And I got my head. Normally, I always do my my spread first, but I'm like, ah, so much talk about the Vikings passing game. Maybe one of these guys will snipe Hawkinson. I thought for sure nobody was going to touch the Colts. You snipe me, man. Uh, That's crazy. Good. Colts plus four and a half. My parlay. I'm going a big two hundred. At plus two thirty-eight. All right. So is it back Ron. to me? Oh, Ron. It's back to me. Okay. Yep. Uh, question: Do I have to do uh, a regular? You, yes. Spread now. Oh, spread or an over? You can do over under. Yeah. Or an over under. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll take Eagles minus seven. Uh, I think the Eagles have sort of figured out where they need to be. And the, the jets have been on a nice run. They do have a great defense. I I'm, I'm not touching that over under, but I feel like Zach Wilson has to pumpkin eventually. It is uh, the pumpkin season. Uh, yeah. What are your odds, sir? Oh, that puts me at plus three twenty three total. And I will put 150 on it. Ooh, the, Plus 323. Arif Hassan, you've got Hurts Anytime TD and what? This is tough. So uh, a lot of mine have been taken off the board by now. Um, and I also agree some of these over-unders are a little bit tough. So deciding between two, but I think it'd be more fun if I took my first decision, which is Jaguars minus four and a half. I just feel like without Anthony Richardson, the Colts just have a lot less to offer. I'm not a Minshew believer. I'm sorry. Um, Anti-Minshew mania. Uh, and so I'm going to bet the minimum. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, this game is going to be absolutely consequential, right? So that's good. Um, betting the minimum $60 plus 278, uh, to win 166 84. Wait, who do you think wins the AFC South then? Is this a Texans take? Uh, yeah, the Texans are great. All right. You heard it here first. Yeah. Get your tickets in. Call your shot. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be at like plus two two fifty still, even despite how Mike good they're winning the winning the South. Yeah, that's um, that's fun as hell, man. Okay, so Sam <laughs> sniped my uh, <laughs> Sam sniped my uh, revenge game, at least my first one. So let's go to the second revenge game. T Y R O D. 
Tyrod <laughs> Taylor, we're coming in Buffalo. Isn't every game for him a revenge game? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he he for... is the immaculate grid. That's right. When, you, when, you've, <laughs> when you've suited up for 14 teams, yeah, I mean, pretty much I think every it's, game's a revenge game. But... It's only truly a revenge game against the Chargers. Okay, fair enough. I mean, that's true. They did physically injure him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Uh, 14 points, though. My goodness. I know the Giants are atrocious right now. 14 points is a lot. Bills just lost two key starters on defense. Um, who knows? Maybe Tyrod can uh, switch the, uh, you know, mojo up a little bit in New York. 14 points. That's at minus 110 plus the Hawkinson 60 plus yards at plus 112. I'm going to bet. So my bankroll is 114. So I'm going to bet $114. Yeah. $114 wins 347. And what are are the odds, just so I have the number? Yeah, the odds itself is plus 304. 304. Perfect. They're locked in, gentlemen. Those are the parlays for this week. Check out FanDuel for more fun and make every moment more. Roundtable tomorrow on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Also find the 24-7 YouTube live stream with our local hosts talking Vikings, Twins, Wolves, Wild, and Golden Gophers around the clock. There are people in the comments, Luke Braun, that are like, what is Luke Braun doing up at 3 a.m.? Good question. Well, they're right. They're not wrong, though. Yeah. They're not wrong. But uh, that was a good bit. Thank you, Luke. I'm, I'm, my show is definitely the one that should go on at 3 a.m. <laughs> Maybe yeah, we can I, I agree. That. should have the least exposure possible. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that like Adult Swim vibe time slot. Adult Swim. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening, everybody on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Have a great Thursday.